everyone, and welcome to Ascend Into Your Power, a podcast all about things metaphysical, alien, dimensional, channeling, mediumship, really anything that you can think of that goes outside of the matrix, that breaks the status quo, breaks the box that society tries to put us in to keep us in. This podcast is for you, and I'm your host, Chelsea, the Starseed Medium. I'm an Ascension Guide, a remote viewer, extra-dimensional channeler, and medium. And each week, we will be diving into a subject that really breaks us apart from the matrix. So if you're ready to step out of the 3D and teleport into another dimension, welcome to Ascend Into Your Power. Hello, starseeds. Welcome back to episode two of Ascendant to Your Power. I am so incredibly excited about today and this topic that is so dear and close to my heart, which is ayahuasca. And I know a lot of you have been begging me and asking me and wanting to know all about my story. And I really have just been keeping it to myself for a while, only telling certain people that are close enough to really understand what I went through. So I really wanted to take the opportunity out to kind of talk about it in depth today, kind of how my journey was, why I was feeling called to ayahuasca, what was going on in my life. And yeah, so this episode is all about my ayahuasca story, all about what happened, all about what happened after, and it's going to be a great ride, so you definitely don't want to miss any part of this. Um, So yeah, let's just dive right into it, right? Um, So I was getting called to ayahuasca. I've always felt this pull to ayahuasca. I've always been very connected to um, our earth mother. I've always been very connected to nature and to spirits and everything like that. And I was just getting called um, to Aya for a really long time, actually, but more prevalently so th- this past year in 2020. Towards the end of 2020, I started to have like... Uh, thoughts and dreams about ayahuasca, thoughts <laughs> that literally could not escape, escape my head. It was like ayahuasca, ayahuasca, you need to do ayahuasca. You need to connect deeper to yourself. You need to heal through all your pain, your trauma. Oh, much so to where I had a dream where I saw myself um, being given the aya in the cup and drinking it and um, just hearing those words from our earth mother, like, it's okay, child, come to me, I will help you heal. And I really felt that call. And as soon as I had that dream, I instantly started looking at ayahuasca retreats in Peru, because let's be honest, if you're going to be doing ayahuasca, you need to do it in a place that is known for ayahuasca, like Colombia, Peru. I know there's a lot of spots in Costa Rica that are very good as well. But for me specifically, with my spiritual journey that I talked about a little bit in the last episode, my spiritual journey really started in Peru the first time. And I felt like, you know, after three years, it's really important me for me to go back to Peru and do this there, um, where the ayahuasca root is found in a lot of areas. And yeah, so I looked up <laughs> online ayahuasca retreats in Peru, and I came across this place called Etnicas, Etnicas, E-T-N-I-K-A-S. Um, and I just knew that was the one for me. I just knew based on the reviews, based on their values, their core values, based on everything they talked about, the videos I watched, I felt really called to this specific retreat. And I'm so glad I picked this retreat because you'll find out why later. I'm just so glad this retreat space is available for people that really want to heal and do the work around ayahuasca. And with ayahuasca, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. So I found this place and it's located in San Salvador, Peru, in the middle of the Sacred Valley in Cusco. And it just looked absolutely stunning and beautiful. And I'm 
I was like, you know, I don't have the money right now, God, but if this is right for me, bring the money into my life to allow me to go here. And the truth is, at that time, I was going through a lot. I was um, having trouble with finances. I was having trouble with my marriage. I was having trouble with... um, you know, having to go back to corporate after um, having to close my studio. And it was just a lot of chaos in my life. And I felt like constantly in chaos, chaos, like I would go drive an hour to work, go to work, be miserable, drive an hour home, like just and then walk home and just instantly be like, walking into chaos and not really being able to be fully myself, being comfortable with myself. Um, I, I felt like lack of purpose. I didn't know what I was doing anymore. I didn't know who I was. Um, and if you know, this is like a part of the ascension process too. these feelings. So I was knee deep in my Saturn return, which my new theory is that, you know, the Saturn return shows us the, um, the uh, ascension process, if you will. So yeah, so that's kind of where I was at mentally. I just felt like very depressed, very anxious all the time, very sad. I was having to deal with a lot of traumas that were coming back up from my life, sexual trauma, um, emotional abuse, physical abuse, like everything that you can possibly think of. Um, within reason uh, were coming up for me and just like feeling unworthy, feeling feeling um, not good enough for anything that was in my life. And I just really wanted to feel peace again. I really wanted to connect that back to myself. I had gained like 30 pounds because I was so like returning to food to fix everything. And I just really wanted to feel good again. I just wanted to be myself again. I I felt like I lost myself through everything that was happening. I didn't know who I was. And so that's ultimately what led me to ayahuasca. You know, I had been doing the work with my Reiki healing. I had been doing breathwork classes. I had been doing, you know, a lot of different things to really just connect deeper with myself on that personal level to do the shadow work a little bit on my own before I did do ayahuasca. I did some hape ceremonies um, as well just to connect deeper to spirit, to connect deeper to myself. And I'm saying all this because a lot of people think that they can look at ayahuasca as a a way out, a way to ignore everything that's going on with their life and like a quick fix. But the truth is, is that ayahuasca isn't a quick fix. Ayahuasca is there for you when you need it. It calls you when you need it. Um, You don't need to call upon ayahuasca. It'll call you when you're ready. So I, I emphasize this so much because if you don't do the shadow work that is plaguing you and you go into ayahuasca, you can actually have a very intense experience, a very dark experience. You know, it's all about the intention you put behind it too. So if you haven't ever done any type of work around what you've um, been dealing with in your life and you just didn't imagine it's going to fix all. It's not like that. It does fix and help a lot of things that you're dealing with as far as shadows are concerned, but it really takes you to take the step to start working on it yourself before she calls you. And so, long story short with that, uh, let's just get right on to um, God providing the money for me that I needed to make this trip possible. I felt it was two months out and I really felt like I needed to go on like the three-year anniversary of my first trip to Peru, which was right before my 30th birthday on, and actually the 222-22 portal. Um, I very, very much emphasis on me going and doing the ayahuasca around that date, um, right before my birthday, which is 223. 223 and I feel like um your birthdays are portals as well so I felt like I did the ayahuasca on two portal days which is really cool um and I I did pray and I asked God for the money and he did provide the money for me to go and I'm so glad he did because once I got to Peru 
I felt so at home once again. It's so magical to feel like you're at home and feel at peace um, in a place that you really have only been once before in your life. You know, I had a long period there um, where I basically lived in Peru for a month. And this was just like, ah, yes, this is where I belong. I need to be here. This is feels right. And I made my way back to the hostel that I stayed at the first time, this place called Super Tramp. It's super cute. It has graffiti everywhere. The people are so nice. And I really was staying super strong with the ayahuasca diet because you know you have to. Um, If you didn't know, you have to have a specific diet before you do ayahuasca where you avoid alcohol, you avoid spicy foods, pork. It's basically almost like an alkaline diet, but you can eat a little bit of fish here and there. Um, So I really adhered very strongly to the diet that they gave because I wanted to be such a pure, clean vessel before I... I experienced this and um, it's really hard when there's lomo saltado and and um, like uh, picarones and things like that in the area and you're just like oh I want to try this so much even ceviche but I was really trying to be so clean that I wasn't even eating fish or anything like that um, so I did have some really good vegan food there though and I can recommend that on my Instagram for you if you'd like but um, yeah so fast forward I decided that ayahuasca was the main purpose of my journey but also being more clairvoyant being more adherent in the clairs that I had I wanted to explore some of the ancient architecture and ancient archaeological sites that I hadn't seen yet so I made I booked a tour around Sacred Valley and I could just instantly feel the energy of each area I was instantly teleported back into you know um, different spots where like it would be like war and fire and you could hear screams of people running away and I was seeing like all the pain and destruction of the areas but at the same time how things were um, you know before the Spaniards came in and it was such a beautiful experience just to see how these archaeological sites were formed and how they were um, functioning before like today um and it was like a mind-blowing experience and I kept finding feathers along my path each place I went there was a feather right in front of me and it was just like a confirmer like yes you're here you're in the right spot this is where you're supposed to be and I felt it so when it came time to for the um, retreat to pick me up, I was like so nervous, so anxious because this is the first time I'm ever doing this. And I'm like, oh God, like what if I die? <laughs> what if I don't wake up? You know, like I had a lot of nerves and uh, anxiety around doing it. But at the same time, I know it was supposed to be doing it. I could just feel like the reward at the other end of it. Like I could already feel like this is going to be very big and not scary, you know? And so I met all the people that were doing the ayahuasca with me and they were such a good energy group. Everybody was so sweet and they were mostly all Americans except for one who was from um, the UK and we just all got along. Like the ride there was about an hour or so and we were having so much fun getting to know each other because, you know, we were going to be in ceremony together. We were going to be basically in community together through the ayahuasca all connected through this journey so I I found like it was so beautiful to have so many good people so many good energies in this car that I would be able to connect with through this experience and have this experience with throughout the rest of our lives and yeah so we get there and there's so, so beautiful I can't even describe it in words how beautiful the area is it's just tucked in between two mountains and the Malacca and the little houses were just so perfect um and I just really felt just the energetic pull of this space and the high vibrational energy that was here 
and I was so excited and so we go and we have conversations right when we get there about, you know, we get set up and then we go have conversations about what we intended with, with the psychologist there. We get tested by the doctor just to make sure our vitals were good to go over our paperwork as far as, you know, the medical stuff goes. And um, I really love that about this retreat was that they really make sure to make sure that you are in the right mental state, the right health state before you even go into it that they make sure your intentions behind this are good and that you feel like you can be safe and supported within yourself even though that they're going to be there the whole time. Um, and then we had um, no food before it. It was, you know, a little bit of fruit until 12 o'clock and then the rest of the day we didn't have anything else to eat. Um, again, just to keep the vessel clean before the ayahuasca. Um, we sat in a ceremony for the cocoa leaves and the Indian priest there really guided us through everything. Um, he gave us three leaves and said prayers over each one of us. Just really um, in true ceremony for this whole thing. And it felt great. And we got to have our own alone time around the retreat space, playing with the dogs, the cats, um, just being in nature, meditating. I took a lot of time to write down my intentions to meditate with myself. And before it was time for a Monet meditation and yoga, um, before the ayahuasca, I actually had, um, asked again, like, God, spirit guides, my ancestors, like, if this is right for me, give me a sign. And as soon as I said that, I looked down at the bed and the spider had crawled across the bed. The spider's usually related to my great grandpa. And then once I saw that spider, I turned back around and I looked down at the floor and there was a dime on the floor. And there was no dime there before either. And that's usually a sign I get from my uncle, Henry. And then I keep turning my head and there's literally a little bird that lands right in front of the window, just stares at me for like two minutes, like, you're going to be okay, you're going to be fine, and then flies away. So I was like, yes, I'm good, I'm supported, like there's nothing to be scared of, this is what I need to do. And so I went to the Monet meditation and yoga and it just really opened the heart up open the heart up to receive everything fully, open open the space in love and light energy. And um, it was so, so beautiful. And um, by the time we got into Shavasana, I just really felt like this was right. <laughs> and so I waited for the ayahuasca rara and the, Indi the shaman and the Indian priest to come into the room, the doctor, and the psychologist, they all came in through the room, making sure we were good, making sure we had water, we were set up. And then kind of the ceremony starts, like she started to smoke tobacco, the shaman started to smoke tobacco to really get into the space as she's sipping ayahuasca because she is a part of this journey as well and she drinks it to be connected to all of us. And as she's setting each one up, she is blowing the smoke from the tobacco into each cup and they are brought over to us with a little napkin on top to hold it in until we're ready to drink it. And as this has happened, she's singing the Icaros and sh and the Andean priest is going around um, with Palo Santo clearing the area, clearing the energy in the room, transmuting the energy into light. And we're given soil to rub all over our bodies um, and then uh, Florida water and some oils to rub all over the bodies again just to give us extra protection. And then um, she starts to um, sing the Icaros and continue the Icaros. And then we're all given um, the opportunity to drink the ayahuasca together. And I didn't feel anything really for the first 30, 30 minutes or so. Um, the ayahuasca is a little bit slower, obviously, because it's ingested. But as she's singing the Icaros, she's going individually one by one. And I felt really, really 
charged and as far as my personal energy was that I felt like I needed to say a prayer just really set my intentions again and invoke the Reiki energy for myself so I could fully heal in this experience and my intentions were really to just heal through all my past traumas through my love life through um, my past lives as well and kind of get glimpses into my past lives because I had been really feeling like there was something there that I needed to see in order to really make a difference in my life now. And as she's going one by one, she slowly gets over to me. And before she even starts my song, I start to sing with her. I felt the energy coming and I felt the words that she was saying. And I knew it was specifically for me. And I knew everything that was about to come out of her mouth. And as I'm watching her sing this, I, I start to see a form of white lines forming behind her. And it was... Uh, older ancestral woman holding her um, from the back, holding on to her with long braids. And it was just all white outline of, of this woman um, smoking the tobacco and holding her and singing the song with her. And then I turn my eyes and look to the right and there's a wall full of the ancestors watching me with purplish blue piercing eyes staring at me letting me know that I was okay and they had the same white outline as well and they said to me close your eyes child it's okay we are here to protect you you can close your eyes relax let the medicine do its work and right around that time I started to close my eyes and I saw um immediately like it was black and I saw these little like Pac-Man um, condors and um, snakes and pumas like eating away the darkness around me. And it's not like they were real life looking condors or snakes and, and things. They were like that um, ink and carvings like that you would see in stone and things like that. So I really just let the medicine start to do its work and that happened for a little bit and then out of nowhere I just heard laughing and I wanted to laugh with it and I was kind of like what are they laughing about this is like why am I laughing so much and it slowly kaleidoscope started to appear and I started to see like this like raindrop dropping and it was like look it's going to happen again and then I was like look it's going to happen again and I was just laughing at how freaking wild and crazy this was and then it started to shift into like different kaleidoscopes and and things and and really then I started to see like everything through my life um especially my love life I started to see all the different exes I had had everything um the different relationships, like forgiving them, forgiving myself and healing and moving on. And then it would be like the next one, forgiving them, forgiving myself and moving on. Um, even up until like my partner at the time where I saw myself forgiving him, forgiving myself and then moving on. And I thought that was strange when I first saw it, but now it makes sense. Um, and it really was just me healing through everything healing through the changes I have made in myself to appease others. And I just went a lot deeper and I started to see like my mom and my dad and I had a really rough, um, I didn't have like the worst childhood ever, but like my parents' divorce was very rough and hard for me. So this was like a really intense moment for me where I was like releasing a lot of anger and sadness I had around them and, and anger and sadness around what I had had to deal with throughout their really intense marriage. So I, um, well, really intense divorce. Um, so I really had struggled with that so much and I didn't realize how much pent up anger and sadness and aggression I had towards that whole situation and I just like started sobbing crying like almost the type of cry that you hear from somebody that just passed away like that deep sobbing cry of pain 
and I was feeling everything released through my tears, feeling everything released through my cries and wails, and I just really let all of that tap in, and then out of nowhere, I saw, like, this Native American man, and I've seen him before when I've been trying to tap into my past lives. I've seen him before, so I was like, this is me, so I was getting flashes of my past lives, and so I saw this Native American man, and I saw Cleopatra, and I saw um, Medusa, and I saw so many other different um, past lives, and then I got thrusted into, like, I was floating around my grandparents' house, watching them, um, taking in everyone, and almost kind of like, I felt like I had made up this whole life, I felt like I created this whole life, and I started to freak out a little bit, I was like, whoa, like, this is all fake, like, I made up all my family, I made up my friends, this is not real, this is, this isn't real, like, I did all of this to get back to myself, like, I did all of this so that I could find myself, and, um, find my soul purpose, right, and so I'm literally floating, and then I just see this bright white light, this tunnel of white light, and I'm like, whoa, this is real. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> it's official. I'm dying. And I see like feathers over the white tunnel and like Native Americans at the top, like waving feathers over the tunnel, waving me into this new life. It felt. And I felt them chanting and chanting and chanting. And then they were like, Chelsea Caroline Rodriguez, Chelsea, like saying my full name over and over and over and over again, putting a lot of emphasis behind my name. And out of nowhere, like my name slowly started to form into the wolf, white walker, the white walking wolf, like you are the wolf, the wolf, the wolf. And I literally felt my entire body in that moment shifting and changing. And like, I felt every like bone snapping and every bone like breaking in order for me to fit into this wolf. And out of nowhere, I'm just a wolf and roaming the mountains and running through the forest running through the tundra and I was like that's it I'm a freaking wolf for the rest of my life like I'm good (laughs) like nobody can I'm I'm just a fucking wolf now you know like plain as day like I'm very happy I'm content with my life now just being a wolf and running through this forest and then I I the only time I remember throwing up was when right after I had transformed into the wolf, I had, I had shipped it into the wolf. And um, and then I like wiped my face and I was like touching my face and I could just feel fur everywhere. And it was so wild. So they, um, not too long after that, I don't believe they had woken me up and, and um, I was freezing cold. I was freezing cold. And I had to get like extra blankets to walk back to my room. But after they, you know, woke me up very slowly, made sure I was okay. I was like, yeah, I'm okay. Um, and they checked my vitals, gave me some electrolytes, walked me back to my bed. And I still kept having like envisions and things like that throughout the night. And um, it was really crazy. So the next day, we got to sit around um, and talk about everything that had happened. And um, when it came to me, I kind of just like really felt so much gratitude for um, the shaman on what I had felt and and how I felt that day. And, and kind of like I even for like getting my spirit animal, the wolf, and, and she was like, yes, I sent you the wolf to give you strength because you're having such a hard time um, working through like the pains and the traumas that you have had. And I'm glad that you got to have that experience be at a point of light and not just all shadow. So it was really beautiful. And, um, the second ceremony was that night and they were kind of like, 
maybe we won't give you as much as we gave you the first night. Maybe we'll give you a little less. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Because I had had like um, one cup and a fourth the night before. And so this night, um, it's kind of like the same routine. You eat a light breakfast. Um, and then we actually got to volunteer at a local, um, orphanage in the area where I got to teach some of the most beautiful, most amazing hearted girls, like how to play basketball. (laughs) And it was so fun. And they gave me uh, a friendship bracelet that I still wear today. And they sang me happy birthday because they knew it was my birthday. Um, the next day and they sang one of the other girls happy birthday too because her birthday was that day and um it was such a beautiful heartwarming experience to have before our second ceremony that night and then yeah we did another mune meditation and yoga that night before the second ceremony and in that second ceremony I had already known what to expect and I was ready for the next round because I really wanted to go deeper I'm like all right like let's go deeper what else do I have to uncover what else do I need to see and um that was really my intentions for the second night I really just felt like I wanted to go deeper like what else do I need to hear what else do I need to see what do you have left for me in this second ceremony and so we did the Monet meditation and the yoga again and the heart opened just like the night before and this night for the ayahuasca was a lot different this night was more dark I would say like not as vivid not as um intense as the night before. I had a little bit less um, this night, um, so I didn't have as much visionary as the first night, but the second night I started um, and I saw like the kaleidoscopes again at first and then I was stuck in like this void, this black void where I was just walking in it for I don't know how long. Like this is all I really remember from this part and it was very interesting and I hear like a lot of people talk about the void and a lot of people uh, like aspire to get there you know and so I put that in a lot of like my personal healings because it was very interesting like walking through this void and kind of being like what is this like and this was all the shadow that I had to work on and transmute and and figure out what was going on so I kind of wanted to dive a little bit deeper and and really figure out where this was coming from so Um, I started to have like a kundalini activation. I know this as kundalini activation now. I was not aware of this before. So my body started to move and wave, um, as I'm like walking deeper into this void, um, as the egoros are being saying, like I'm starting to have this activation and I hear like this voice that was like, you know, you don't need others to love you. You can love yourself fully. Um, like the energy moving through you can be love and, and magnetic and all these things. And then like, you know, wow, such a crazy experience. There's like a lot of different things that can happen with Kundalini. And one of them is not very heard of often. And that's like, um, orgasms and things like that. So sorry if this is too much for you, but that is what like happened with, for me personally was this awakening led to this. And, and, you know, before you go into Aya, like withholding, like from, um, withholding sex and things like that is another part of the things that you shouldn't really do before you go into Aya as well and I was very adamant on healing through all areas of my life and that being one as well too because I felt like because of like my sexual trauma and and this could be a trigger for you guys so I'll 
just to let you know. Because of my sexual trauma, I felt like I had to, you know, be overly sexual and be the one that needed to like agree or whatever just to do it because you know I didn't want to be pressured on again and that was like a a little bit of my life like I would avoid situations like that to not have to you know be put in that situation again or you know just like date people just to date them so I didn't have to be put in situations again either and it wasn't really healthy you know and I think a lot of women that have had this have had to deal with um, this same situation as well too so I thought it was such a really beautiful and powerful moment for me to really be realigned back into that energy be realigned just from that kundalini as well And I know a lot of people think it's, like, taboo to talk about these things. But, again, like, this is my podcast, so I'm going to talk about whatever I want. (laughs) And you don't have to listen through this part if you don't want to. Um, So that was, like, a very, very powerful moment. And I really, after that, it just kind of, like, all trickled down again. So I saw, like, future um, situations of myself. I saw my future um, spout, like, my soulmate. And at the time, I thought it was my partner. But they now, after I realized that it was a different person, like, I realized that it was completely different hair, completely different body type, completely different everything. Um, and it was showing me, like, that situation. and And I thought it might have been past life at first too but um it's it's very interesting I've had a lot of time to really think about each part that had happened in my ayahuasca journey after the fact um so anyways but I saw that and then he was holding um twins like a boy and a girl and their names were Luna and Sol and I remember that so specifically like the sun and moon you know and I thought wow that's something interesting I need to hone in on that and I realized now later after research that you know Cleopatra and Mark Anthony had um twins that were Alexander Helios and Celine so like sun and moon and I thought wow this is so freaking weird so crazy like these similarities and um as I keep going through like the second journey you know it's kind of like void vision void vision void vision and then I start to see little green heads appear like six little green heads appear and a kaleidoscope and I'm like this is weird cool like what is this and I'm like instantly I think aliens and as I'm seeing this I'm hearing like this this sound like this like tapping like morse code and they're communicating with me and I'm communicating back with them and I didn't know what was happening at the time now I do know I was getting a DNA activation from mantis um mantis extra dimensional beings but they came to me in a friendly way that wouldn't scare the shit out of me (laughs) now that I've seen their true form it's kind of like whoa thank you for coming in and these cute little green little heads in a kaleidoscope and not scaring the shit out of me um (laughs) because if you've ever seen an actual mantis being in its true form some of them can be very scary they're like 12 feet tall jacked mantis beings and they're so friendly majority of them you know every extra dimensional has good and bad but majority of them are so friendly and the ones that I've interacted with have been like the best most funniest coolest people ever and Yeah, so they came in for a DNA activation, and I didn't realize, but at that time, I was getting activated into light language. I was getting activated into this channeling of extra dimensionals. I was getting a lot of activations, and um, it was so cool to experience um, as well, and then uh, another void appeared, and then after that void, I saw myself, like, almost like, like, this guru if you will I was floating above the ground it was all white and I was like rainbow reflected everywhere with long hair um with bangs 
that's why I have bangs now and just like so peaceful so calm it was my higher self and I was connecting with her and she was telling me everything that I needed to know needed to hear and this was just like so much information that you just kind of are like what the fuck am I supposed to do with this how am I supposed to like live now after this you know and so I was the last person out of each ayahuasca ceremony I don't know why I guess I was like I always have an issue coming back down um from ceremonies like even if I do Reiki I'm usually the last one to wake up and things like that because I can go very deep into meditation very quickly um I can go very deep into medicine very quickly and and into channel and into astral so it's very, very powerful to be able to connect in that way, but it's also a little hard to come back down into physicality as well. Um, so I, you know, had my vitals checked again, went back to the room and yeah, that's my ayahuasca story. How crazy. So, and it just really kept rolling over throughout the next three months. Um, a lot of people, I don't think realize all the work that has to come after doing ayahuasca. It's not just before, during, before and during and you're fixed. There's a lot of work after ayahuasca as well. So that next morning I woke up and they had made me a birthday cake for myself and the other girl whose birthday it was because we could finally eat again. <laughs> we could finally eat like solid food and, and things. And um, it was just so beautiful to feel so loved and protected and secure. And we got to um, go have our meeting and then um, talking about our second night and everybody's stories were so great. And, you know, some people didn't participate after the first night, first, second night. Some people felt like they got what they needed out of it. But you know, I was like, I paid for two nights, I'm doing two, and I felt like I needed to see more, and I'm glad I did, and, um, yeah, so we got to do our final ceremony where we thanked Pachamama and Pachapata, um, for just being there and holding that space and holding us safe through everything and, and kind of, um, giving thanks and just releasing, any leftover back to the earth to her and I left that day from Aunt Nika's even though I didn't want to I left and I I came back to Cusco back to Super Tramp and I just really you know had the rest of my trip planned out already I I decided I wanted to go to Lake Titicaca to Amaru Muru I wanted to go back to Arequipa again so that I could hike Coca Canyon and see the canyon I just felt to certain areas called to certain areas so I allowed myself to go where I felt called to and um, I had a lot of very profound experiences in uh, Lake Titicaca and Puno area um where I could just feel the energy of the lake. The lake is so high, vibrational, so magnetizing that when I stayed the night on, on a Monte Island with the local family, it just was such a peaceful rest. So beautiful. I got to hike to the Pachapata temple and the Pachamama temple. And just, I broke down crying at the Pachamama temple. Just the views were so beautiful, so breathtaking. And I just felt so much gratitude and love for the experience that I just started crying and, and leaving it all there with her, just thanking her, um, for what she showed me, thanking her for everything. Even though I didn't quite understand yet what I had experienced and, and kind of was feeling really weirded out by the fact that, you know, we are all source fractals and, and, I created this whole world like I'm a part of this creation and that you know time doesn't exist and things like that it just was so weird to know all these things now and kind of be like awaken 
to everything that it takes so much time to integrate from that. It takes so much time to start believing and trusting yourself and believing that you're not crazy, you know, that what you experienced was real, that it wasn't made up in your head, um, and that, you know, this is like real life. And I can understand where a lot of people go sideways after ayahuasca because you are just thrusted into this, you know, new life. And it can be very hard and very challenging. And you do get into this area where you're like, what do I do now? Like, what am I supposed to do now? You know, and I'm really glad that I just allowed myself to tap in and to experience this feeling for a while before I returned home by going to Amarumuru and going to other ancient archaeological sites in Puno and Arequipa and just enjoying everything that I experienced um, because it was so beautiful and even when I came back to America I took three I I quit my job like I was like I can't do this anymore like this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing I quit my job I was like you know my partner told me they wanted divorce so it was like I had elevated so much that everything was just clearing out for themselves like I moved the job away you know I got rid of that but like everything else that wasn't serving me slowly disappeared and um I'm very grateful for that and I'm very grateful to have found somebody that helped me through my integration process after because I had been called to do a course with um uh, Sloan, a local medium, and she helped me work through everything that I had felt after ayahuasca. We worked through every chakra system. I worked through all the shadow again. I worked through, you know, just having somebody, her and and my Reiki master, Maddie, who understood everything and who allowed me to speak my truth to them and and made me really feel like I wasn't you know hallucinating all of this like it actually is like real and 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 like my truth is my truth you know and you don't have to feel any crazy or different or anything like that and I slowly started to believe in myself again I slowly started to find myself again I slowly started to realize who I am and my mind got to such a good point in my life where I was like I am worthy I am good enough like I am powerful I am like a healer and I'm here to help people and I know what's happening and you know all these synchronicities started to slowly unravel after ayahuasca, like light language specifically, like I didn't start speaking it until after I had began obsessing over it again, you know, it was like my spirit guides were showing me things that I needed to go and dive deeper into, so it would be like, you need to watch ancient aliens, you need to watch ancient aliens, you need to look more into this, you need to look more into this, oh, all of a sudden, light language, people are showing up on my page, what is light language, and I'm looking at an activation for light language, and boom, I'm activated, (laughs) because everything was healed properly to the point where the activations that I had received in ayahuasca allowed me to um tap into these um new parts of myself where dna um was dormant it was now alive again so um it's really cool um and that is why i do a lot of light language activations now because the light language surpasses your subconscious surpasses your thinking mind and just goes straight into the subconscious and allows you to um activate the DNA that's being held dormant and you know if you're doing the work if you're working on your chakra system if you're if you're well balanced and oiled machine those activations will come fast they'll come really quick for you like so fast guys and um and then you'll start to you know kind of feel who you are a little bit deeper you'll be able to trust yourself a little bit more you'll be able to clear like the thoughts from your head that aren't yours um and yeah, so 
it's been a very intense journey and I'm still learning from this journey every day, (laughs) every day. And I'm very appreciative of it. And I will say if you're somebody that's been getting called to ayahuasca um, to really find in your heart what works best for you and where it works best for you, because what worked best for me was going to Peru, but what maybe worked best for you is going to you know, Costa Rica or Colombia or somewhere here in the States. And I would just say to make sure you're in a group that's pretty small. I wouldn't do more than, you know, 10, 15 people because it can be very overwhelming being around other energies when you're in that space too. One of the girls had a, a is an empath and she had a very hard time being around everybody else when they were sad that she couldn't disconnect and really heal herself um, for a couple nights. And that was just with six people in the room. So um, I just want to let you guys know that as well, too, while I'm here talking about it. Um, but yeah, so you hear all these stories about ayahuasca and you hear everything. So I wanted to share mine and I wanted to share my point of view around um when you should do it and why and and all of that because a lot of people don't talk about the the other side of things you know um it all sounds good and fun until you're actually there and and you know some people do have a little bit darker experiences and they're not all like mine where it's like dark for a minute and then you turn into a wolf so yeah um I'm very excited to share more with you guys um, as far as my plant medicine experience are concerned. Um, I've been diving into plant medicine um, this year specifically. This is the year that I've really taken the time to heal myself, to, to connect deeper to myself. So I'm very excited to have more topics around plant medicine and talk to shamans and things like that and give you guys more advice on on plant medicines as well. Um, so tune in next week for the next episode of Ascend into Your Power. It's going to be really good. I have um, a couple different topics in mind. I haven't really figured out which one I want to do yet, so I don't want to tease it yet because I may change my mind. I've just been really feeling called to whatever I need to talk about. (laughs) And it may be about um, psilocybin. Um, So definitely don't miss out. And I thank you guys so much for listening. As always, you can find me on Instagram, the Starseed Medium. That is my only account. I'm also on TikTok, YouTube, and I also have a course available now as well that you can learn more information about that if you really resonated with the first episode last week about Ascension Process, this course helps helps and is designed to allow yourself to find yourself, trust yourself enough to really navigate the ascension process on your own with my help, of course, but it's very beautiful. So you can also find that at the link in my bio on my Instagram as well. And I'll also put that in the description below too, um, as well as where to find at Nika's ayahuasca retreat and all of that as well. So I hope you guys have a blessed day. Sending you love and rainbows. Bye.